Hello. Hello, Don. Hello, Ben. Good morning. Are we gonna Are we gonna sing the whole show today? Yeah, it's a it's an an operetta. <laughs> it won't be It won't be long enough for an opera. Right. Right. Just a Just a tiny opera or operetta, as we call it. Uh, yeah, in the business. In the business. Um, it could be a rock opera. You know what? I like I like the Who's Tommy. Yeah. So have Have you ever seen Speaking of rock operas? Have you ever seen Quadrophenia? I, I have seen Quadrophenia. Yeah, Quadrophenia is pretty good. <laughs> What were, were you hoping I would say yes or no to that? You didn't. You, I was hoping you were going to say no, so I could tell you like all how about awesome it, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's good. I, I haven't seen it for a while. I think I watched mm. it in high school. It was at the library. Me, t- me, me too. Man. Yeah, right, right. It was a different high school time though. <laughs> it was. It was. I'm at, so angry right now. Oh, um, there was a VHS tape of it at the Port Hope Public Library. <laughs> that, huh. that we that that my friends and I watched. In, uh, in in someone's basement, Jesse White's basement. So you were you were still alive when they had VHS. I was. I was. You know. I I even remember the the beta, the Betamax. Did, I, did you ever did you ever have a Betamax? No, we didn't. We we were we were late to the late to the game. Mm, that in that in that case, it was probably good because everybody that was early to the game got Betamax, and uh, that was not the platform, as they say. No, it turned out to be like uh, a Sony Mini Disc. <laughs> or or whatever the the other stuff. It, yeah, it got. It, I think it's it called Blu-ray. Whatever, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, we had. I, I remember. I mean, you know, video renting was all the rage, right? For for a while. Um, oh, for a long while. Yeah. You know. Oh, speaking of which, uh, we'll mm-hmm. link to this in show notes. I, uh, on the weekend news in Raleigh, um, mm. it was one of the triangles because that's the name of my region, right? Triangle is. This Chapel Hill, Durham, mm-hmm. Raleigh. Mm-hmm. One of the, th- or sorry, two of the three remaining video rental stores in the entire triangle closed. Wow. Isn't that wild? Like, yeah. The, like, I'm sure it's like, you know, the business model for fixing a Model T kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, we need to make more buggy, buggy whips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and it goes, like, it, this, that was one where, where I've seen, I've seen the entire cycle. And it was such a big part of what, what you know what people did for a while. It was we'll go rent movies at the at the corner store or at the video rental place, and uh, and that was how I watched movies. Wow. Now, well, you know, and this this really reminds me a lot of I was just listening to um, the most recent uh, episode of uh, Roderick on the Line, episode one fifty two, which is given the wonderful title Butterfly Farts. Um, <laughs> And it's I don't have you been are you caught up on Roderick? I'm not I'm not caught up on Roderick. Oh, I, so I, I, you know I know it exists. Oh my god! Oh well then, uh, I'm not even going to share it with you, Ben. I've seen Quadrophenia. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, so John John is legitimately no joke running for Seattle city council. But in this episode, he starts to talk about his vision for Seattle and they have a wonderful wide ranging discussion. Just, you should just jump right in episode 152. Um, uh, wonderful wide ranging discussion about, uh, technology and transforming Seattle and John's totally serious, not a joke vision for, uh, basically, gondolas to take people up and down the hills of Seattle and just I don't know it's just it's 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 just wonderful and and so um talking about changing technology and video rental stores just uh 
you know, just, just kind of resonate with me for that same reason. Like when you, in the height of video rental, like you wished you'd gotten in and gotten a video rental store and then, right. man, the, the poor, the poor, sad people that are trying to make a go of video rental stores today. I mean, it's just sad. What, and you know, yeah. So, you know, you and I, we have, we have careers, right? Like this is what we do. We do food safety stuff. We're, we're, uh, at universities, um, you know, we'll maybe probably we'll always be in this type of position. Well, I got, I don't know about you, Ben, but I got tenure. Right, right. Exactly. I got, <laughs> which is, which is again, talk about horrible systems for yeah. entitlement, but anyway, yeah. but yes. Yeah. But we'll, we'll exploit it as, as we, as much as we can, as, as you do. Uh, and, but so, so it exists, right? It's, it's not going to go away or at least it, mm. it, it, it might. Uh, it, I don't know. Right, right. I'm, it's I not in the, in the, let's, let's forecast this out in the next five years. It's probably, probably not going to go away. Probably right? not in the next five years. Yes. I, th- I think in our lifetime, we might see it. And well, and we're already starting to see a significant change in the way education works, right? With online courses right. and all sorts of things. So I don't know. I, you know, the future is scary, Ben. And Things well, change. I'm okay with that. You know, we got the the rise of non tenure track positions that are not as protected as the tenure system. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say we were in a different line of work, like video rental. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right? And we're a business. We're really good at business, mm-hmm. which which I'm I'm not. I'm not even very good at dealing with my business center. Uh, well, there's, there's a reason why we found a home in academia. Baby. Right, right. Yeah. It's not because of our business acumen. So let's, let's say that all of the, the food safety, you know, skills that we have were really business skills. And we saw this, this situation where, you know, it, it's expensive to buy videos and if we can get them, you know, early at our rental store, we can buy one copy and then we can rent it out a bunch of times. You know, I, I'm just ex- clearly have just explained the, the entire business model mm-hmm. of rentals. But so you're really good at that. And then in 10 years, I, you know, let's say that that was how long that that world lasted at, at its height. Then it was gone. Now you might be really good at business and you look at something else. Do you go into renting other things like, you know, battering rams and whatever else people Well, you know, need? one of the things that, that video rental stores have rented, and, and there may still be a big business with this, I don't know, is video games, right? Because, right. you know, video games are the perfect thing because you play it for a little while and then you, you beat the game or whatever and then you don't want it anymore, right? Uh, so that that and I don't know whether I mean I'm not a big video game player. I do get the occasional iPhone game, but um, but you know I, I wonder if if that was what I mean if you walked into those last few video stores in in Raleigh or in the in the Triangle that closed, I wonder how much of their business was video games versus versus uh, movies. Right, or they went into like niche movies, right? Like mm-hmm. like like v- DVDs. And likely not VHS, but but you know they move from to Blu-rays, but they but they're buying stuff that you can't get elsewhere, and mm-hmm. and it's imported things and whatever. I mean, it changes over time, but it but you could have been, you know, in the little town that I grew up in, you could have been the best video rental place in the world for ten years, and then all of a sudden that entire market doesn't exist anymore, and now you go into something else. Like you run another mm-hmm. business. And so I don't know. I'm glad I'm not in that world. I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't, I don't, I don't want to speak on behalf of you, but I'm, I'm, you might be glad too, that we're not, 
video, video rental specialists. Yeah, I, I'm. I, yes, yes. I like I like my job very much, but I also, I'm in in some ways, I'm kind of happy that I am more on the the backside of my career instead of the front side of my career, or I'm kind of at the. I'm certainly not just starting my career. Like I was, I visited. I visited Michigan. We got to come back to uh, to TV in a minute here, good, but good. I just just briefly. So this week I visited Michigan State and I gave a talk and it was it was well received. But I also got to have lunch with their graduate students and talk to them about careers. And basically, my message was everywhere screwed up, right? Academia screwed up, <laughs> industry screwed up, government screwed up. Um, you just have to find the kind of screwed up culture that you can deal with. And, and for academics, it's a certain kind of problem. And, and, and the point that I made to a, a very bright, very articulate young lady that was at lunch was, you know, she wanted a career in academia. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not a good time now in academia. It's grant money is harder to come by. Uh, there's, we're, we're, we are in the middle of, I think, transforming education. I know at Rutgers, I, and I had some, I, uh, Elliot Reiser, was my host and Elliot and I had some conversations about this. You know, the model, uh, the model at Michigan State is still you want to succeed, you do research. Well, apparently at Rutgers, we're, we're moving to this resource-centered model where resources will flow in accord to resources generated. And what actually generates money for the university is undergraduate education. And so right. we may be seeing, maybe, I don't know, we may be seeing the pendulum swing at Rutgers to where if you really want to be an, an academic superstar, you have hundreds of students coming to your you know, 101 level course, um, and, and you're a rock star and, and you, you bring in massive tuition dollars through students taking your course. Now, I don't know. And, and prediction is very difficult, especially about the future. Um, and that's not my, that's not my game right now, right? Like right now my, my game is extension and research, but, but I don't know. I, 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 I wonder like what the future holds. And if you are a high powered focused research type, who's going to study one particular enzyme in one particular microorganism in one particular ecological niche, and you plan on mining that stream the rest of your life, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that there's job security in that, like there once was. Right, right. And it's, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I have to be, right? But, but, right. I, but in, a, in a, a larger social kind of situation, I'm... It, it's, you know, the university system has historically supposed to have been about, you know, um, the, the freedom to, to go and find new knowledge. And, and on the offshoot of that was kind of what, you know, what, what I do, which was take that new knowledge and, and take it out to people, whether that be in classrooms or in, um, you know, in an extension situation where we're going, you know, directly to frontline food handlers and processors and all that kind of stuff. Um, or, but or even, or even, or even some innovative way of like having an internet radio show where you talk about your thing and you put it out <laughs> right. you know, every, every couple of weeks or whenever it suits you. Like, a, like I, what would we call that, Ben? Ah. We could, we could listen to them on our iPhones. We could, we could call it iPhone casting. iPhones, uh, phone yeah. casting, phone casting. We could call it a phone, uh, a phone show, phone showing. Phone showing. Oh, I like it. Phone showing. Well, exactly. 
but but it all changes, right? So right. so it's and and that's there is an exciting um, situation that I, that I, for for me because I like that I like that it changes. I like that I, I hope that I'm adaptable to that mm. to that change, mm. and and I might not be, but I hope, but I but I'm willing to I'm willing to try it. I mean, if that's if that's where if that's where society's going, then then you know, sort of count me in because I like the idea of the of the freedom of it. Um, well, and and if and if you if you're a good academic, yeah, you will figure that out. You will be able to do whatever that next thing is. You can reinvent yourself. It's it's entirely it's entirely possible. It's just. You know, you. I always worry that I, because I'm focusing on this one thing, I've missed the the big picture. So it's uh, you know, and and how do you how do you know that, right? Like right. the guy who the guy who is figuring out the a, ba- a way to make better, faster, cheaper buggy whips. You know, ultimately the times the times are changing, right? And and you need to move away from that. Or the guy that's figuring out how to r- run a better and better video store. It's like you're you're optimizing the wrong problem. You need to be you need to be thinking of it about it a bit differently. So yeah, yeah. And I guess the the one thing about the academic setting is that you hope you hope that someone is watching the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it may not be us as to put it in the, uh, um, wire terms. It might not be us as the soldiers <laughs> who are doing it, <laughs> but you, you got to hope that there's a Marlowe out there that is looking or, you know, to lo- looking at, at, at how this is going to work going forward. And, and I think there is, but I, I think it's also hard to figure out all the, the moving parts of, of who the soldiers are. Am I being, is that, am mm. I being too I'm, uh, I'm just, vague? I'm just, I'm, no, no, I'm just trying to think about what the food safety equivalent is of, uh, of putting dead bodies in the vacants and covering <laughs> them with lies. So. Oh, I know what that is. It's What's that? PCA. <laughs> <laughs> Where you put a bunch of salmonella into peanut butter and then you light it. Oh. To get it? <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, so before we but again, so we got we got to come back to TV. Um, but before we leave the wire, I am just finishing the end of season two, and oh my god, I I'm I'm every I'm real. I think I'm thinking, I'm coming to the realization that season two, which is at the docks, is right. my favorite my favorite season because at the end of this episode. Um, Ziggy's in jail because he he flipped out and he he shot up the 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 <sighs> store yeah and and then there's this wonderful scene where Frank is going to meet with the Greek and uh, but there's a fax that goes through and then uh, a little thing pops up on the terminal of whoever the Greek guy or whoever the guy is at FBI that's that the FBI that's really in with the Greek yeah. And then he gets on the phone uh, with uh, not the Greek, but uh, uh, the his the, this guy, the, 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 the beanie yeah. be- wearing uh, henchman, um, uh, and uh, and and then it's like what we talked about. It's not going to work. And then the last shot is you see Frank walking to meet them under the bridge. And of course, I've seen it twice before, so I know. That it, you know, no spoilers. It doesn't end well for Frank, but but and and Frank is such, is such a fascinating character because he wants to do the right thing, but he has gotten into some 
deep, deep stuff. And he only realizes throughout the season just how deep and how bad it is. And he's, but he genuinely, he cares about his son. He cares about his nephew. He cares about his dock workers, but he's just in some bad mess, you know? Oh, I don't know. Just, uh, just amazing television. And of course, because Baltimore is in the news right now, I posted something on, you know, David Wire, David, yeah. David Wire, David Simons, David Simons yeah. uh, perspective on the situation in Baltimore. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I was. So I was in Baltimore this week. Oh, for Food Safety Summit. For Food Safety Summit for, for about four hours. <laughs> and I, really? Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I left here on it was Tuesday morning. I left here at nine o'clock in the morning and I was back home by uh, eight o'clock at night. Was that the plan? It was the plan. Okay. It's, it's See, like the greatest plan. But now, but now I have to say though, boots on the ground coverage of what's going on in Baltimore. Brian Souders did a much better oh, job hey, than you. Uh, look, was not looking to win the Pulitzer <laughs> on on this. I will f- clearly give it up to Brian. Um, he's got he's got Facebook uh, pictures. He's got he's got pictures of helicopters he's, and smoke. He's, he's got pictures of his watch showing that he's breaking curfew. Right, Rapscallion. Yeah, who is who does he think he is? Anderson Cooper out there. <laughs> uh, um, so I yeah I was I was at the food safety summit and and I um you know you and I would never talk about like uh, uh we're not we're not we're we're not political guys right that's not our not our thing and I'm right. not right. um but but I'll tell you there is and I had this conversation with a couple of guys on my hockey team who are who are very political kind of guys mm-hmm. who who have uh who who are who are good friends, but we don't have the same kind of leanings when it comes to large issues like this. Got it. I am. I'm not. I guess. I guess I'm not a fan of of protest and demonstration where people get hurt and mm-hmm. things get broken. But similar to my feelings on um, Ferguson, I don't think anybody's talking at all about Baltimore. Unless some of this stuff's going on, and clearly it's not mm-hmm. the right, like that's it, it, that's not an ideal situation. But but there's something uh, in my punk rock heart that that likes the fact that some that people are are using are going outside of the system to raise awareness of an issue, and it's not it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was there, I that was. Not the sentiment that I felt from others, <laughs> right? Like you know, okay. what I, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I don't. That that people seem to be very upset about Baltimore, okay, f- and not because, not because of the issue, but the, the way that, um, the way that it's playing out, and that that people are rioting and setting stuff on fire. And I am, I am okay with that. I, like I, I really think that that we're not talking about any. Um, well, I mean, we're going to always talk about racial stuff in, in general and in, in throughout the world, but we're not talking about these specific issues unless you know folks out there who are passionate about it are raising awareness by doing stuff that that pisses people off. And so I don't know. I, spending a day there was was weird because we were not a, anywhere close to the to the uh, situations of CVSs on fire. Um, but at one point we were sitting and eating lunch and uh, maybe 10 or 12 police vans with uh, a bunch of uh, officers in riot gear went speeding past the place we were having lunch. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's, wow. that's weird. Like I'm, we're, I'm here, but I'm not here. Not it's here. Not yet. Right. Like it's, it's happening not too far from, from here, but, but everything goes on, goes on as, you know, 
as it does elsewhere. Right. Well, and, and, I, and I, I guess wherever Brian was, he was a little bit closer to that. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, and my only, and I, I've just sort of, you know, scrolled past various people's posts on social media about this just because I just, you know, I mean, I feel, I feel badly for everybody. Um, and, and there's nothing, I know that there's nothing I can do <clears throat> one way or another, but, uh, I did, uh, as I was walking through the airport yesterday to come home, uh, it was, uh, the police, uh, the police were being interviewed and I just like to, you know, sit and watch and, Imagine, imagine characters from The Wire. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, okay, right. I, I, this is uh, right. David Simon has captured it. You know, and I feel like, I mean, I know, I know The Wire is fiction, but, but man, um, you know, David Simon understands Baltimore, and which is why I link to that post. Um, on his perspective on the situation. There's a guy that I trust. And if you, again, not to bring it back to the wire, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back to the wire. Like, like there's, there's good people on every side, right? Right. Like there's, there's, oh, and that's the other thing about the, speaking of good people on, on every side, the other thing that happens in the penultimate episode in season two is Omar meets brother Muzan for the first time (laughs) and shoots him but does not kill him because he realizes he's been set up. And after he shoots him and they discuss the bullet and, and, and how it went through his body, because they're both really into guns, right? So Brother, Brother Muzon is laying there on the floor of his hotel room bleeding out and they're having a discussion about weapons because that is what they do, the two of them. And then, and then Omar realizes that he screwed up and he shouldn't have shot Brother Muzon because he's been set up. And so then he calls 911 for him. Um, so anyway, just, uh, but what was my point? Oh, so police and being interviewed on, on TV. And um, yeah, I just, I just, it's, I just feel bad for everybody in the city of Baltimore because it's just a mess. It is. And and maybe, and this was the point of some people posting on Facebook, maybe this is the only way, and this is, this is the, I'm going to touch the tip of the politics here. Yeah, yeah, right, Um, right. This, maybe this is the only way that these people who have been so disenfranchised for so long feel that they can react. And it's a horrible reaction and it, 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 it penalizes those disenfranchised people in Baltimore more than anybody else, if they burn down the convenience stores where they need their prescription medicines, um, and I realize it's not the same people doing the looting as necessarily that need the medicines, but um, it's just a mess, and I don't know what to do about it. So my strategy is I'm just going to ignore it right. and, and do and go do a podcast. And go do a podcast. Yeah, I yeah I um, I, it, it's like this this uh, situation where that is a like a clear call for help. Like we have to fix this and we're, we're going to, we're going to mess stuff up our own stuff to, to show everybody that we've got to, that, that we have a problem. And that, I mean, that's in the sort of, I don't know, like the most optimistic way that I, that I, uh, that I can look at it. But, right. I, but yeah, anyway, it's been an interesting week of like being there and and it was it, I'll tell you it was weird Don I got to the airport and there were I'm not used to seeing a lot of police at airports mm-hmm. and there was like a bunch of police just hmm. hanging out there like in not riot gear or anything but they mm-hmm. weren't in uniform they were like in their like I don't know stuff that they would wear if they were doing like some tactical taking maneuver. doors yeah yeah it was it was weird and then um 
so so that that happened then i get into the in, into the cab and i you know i tell the guy that i'm going to the convention center and he, and i said is you know because this was you know monday was was the day monday afternoon things went kind of you know crazy there um tuesday morning um get in he goes oh yeah it's it's fine we drive right by camden yards right right downtown right this is an area where that was you know, sort of under curfew, and I mean, all of, all of it was under curfew, but there was there was action happening mm-hmm. there the the day before, and it was quiet. And mm-hmm. so I said to the cab driver, "I was like, is this normal for a Tuesday morning?" He's like, "No, nah, no one's here. Like right. it is, it, it is, it is dead. People are are staying away." Yeah. Um, and that was that was weird too. Like it was mm-hmm. it was very it was odd, but it, I don't know. Maybe it it's yeah. So so it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um. So, oh, so but before. Before we leave television <clears throat> completely, yes. um, I just have to tell you, um, uh, and again, I, I know for, for all the three people on this that listen to this podcast that don't know about this, that, that like British TV, um, Acorn TV, um, highly recommended. It's, uh, a one, it's a subscription service. For the United States, it does not work in Canada. So apologies to all our Canadian listeners. Um, but unless you can you can fake out a, a oh. IP address, um, there are ways to do that. There, there's, there's methods. Um, but uh, Acorn.tv. Oh, it says uh, it's just, available in U.S. and Canada. Oh, on their it website. Is? Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> Well, then I then I'm wrong. But um, anyway, we we just we were over in. So this past week I was in Michigan. The week before we were in Cardiff and uh, for for the IAFP uh, Europe meeting there, and then also um, a little bit of vacation time in the London area. But uh, just you know, watching British TV and and thinking about things. And uh, uh, Kristen and I had both heard of this thing called Acorn TV, and we got back and uh, we've got a free month's free subscription and we'll probably keep it for a while um, because it doesn't have a lot, but the, what it has is really good and it has stuff that you can't, you don't see in the U S and you don't see on like BBC America and stuff like that. So anyway, just a, a plug to uh, acorn TV. Uh, if, if that's, if that's your thing, uh, you should, uh, you should check it out. That's awesome. I am, I'm looking at it right now and I just, you know, browsing through things and one of them is something called time team. Have you watched that? No. So I think my kids love it. Mm. It's about uh, it's a guy from uh, uh, Blackadder, uh, mm. Tony Robinson, oh. mm. and he is a. Uh, I don't think it's real. I think he's hosting it, but he is a, a leader of the ba- a band of archaeologists, historians, surveyors, geophysicists, and other assorted experts determined to unearth the mysteries concealed by topsoil and time. Okay, and so it's like a, a, a archaeological excavating show. Yeah, Which, science, uh, science reality, yeah, series. Oh, I, my, I just flashed by. Yeah, my kids so, are going crazy. Yeah, they're they're gonna love. It. I'm gonna I, we're gonna check that out. Yeah. So, so again, I guess there's not an uh, oh. Apple uh, TV app for Acorn. No, what you what you have to do is either watch it on your computer or you can watch it on your iPhone or iPad, and then you can but from Mirror. there you can stream it to uh, uh, Apple TV. Yeah, we do that with the Amazon with the Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's not great, but mm-hmm. it wor- but it works. It right? works. It's, it's yeah, like it a works. yeah. I, I hope with the update of the Apple TV that uh, it sounds like there will be an app store that that we can download things. And 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 it sounds like there's going to be an update to the Apple TV. You, you yeah. you're just speculating. No no no. This is it's, like this this is the, this is why the I, I maybe I am just speculating, but all the 
excitement over why the price was dropped was that okay so you you don't have any inside information you know you're just speculating the same as the rest of us right right okay yeah yeah, yeah. let me let me see what uh, you know how i speculate on that i just google it (laughs) well what 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 it was was they dropped the price of the apple tv and then at the at the announcement they said apple tv starting at 69.99 and so what all the nerds says oh well they dropped the price and it's starting so if it starts at that price it must go to a different price right. and it's going to go to a different price that means we got a different new thing which yeah maybe we'll have apps maybe well and and maybe HBO not HBO go HBO now um, uh, is is the start of that right where you can uh, you can you can get a, a, a pay money and get HBO even though you don't have you know, again, the kind of thing that's going to help cable cutters. Right. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, I'm like count count me in for all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now, 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 can can I can I count you in on Apple Watch? I it's there's it, we're in we're in negotiation. <laughs> we're uh, it's it's a bit of a sore spot right now. Understood. Um, I, I will I'll tell you that uh, this, this is my my uh, you know lovely pragmatic wife. Um, said, <laughs> says, how about how about just like with the iPhone, you wait for the second generation of this watch, mm-hmm. um, because they'll because and she goes because maybe it'll look nicer, mm. <laughs> maybe look but, nicer, perform better, be cheaper, yeah, all that, yeah, all that probably stuff. all those things, yeah. yeah. But but she, so, I think she's more um, worried about my fashion statement uh, as opposed to the functionality of it. Oh, now come on! Now I, I, I have I, I have the the gay man seal of approval on <laughs> on the watch that I picked out. I know, I know. I mean, what? I, please, I trust uh, yeah, I trust too. the gay man more than I trust your wife for fashion sense. Fair enough. I, <laughs> so look, you can tell her I said that. I will. I will. And I, I am. Um, I am just. Uh, that's that's kind of where it's at. <laughs> well, good good luck with it. I think I think you need to tell her that you need it for your podcast. I do. I'm in fact trying to figure out how I can maybe use it as a as a, an expense for work mm-hmm. it's, i think it is a work-related I, expense i think it is too but it's, I, it's I, for your lucrative consulting business that you have exactly exactly which i don't have because i'm because i'm not allowed to have that because of ins reasons <laughs> no right. yeah right now really yeah, yeah until until i have a green card there's no oh. uh, i know there's no there's no consulting i can what? only have one yeah it's it's this uh what? yeah as a as a work visa, you can only work for one company, and and That's, uh, and, I, and it can't be and it your can't own. be you, yeah, unless, yeah. unless it's just you. No, even I mean, you can't get a work visa to work just for you to be a consultant. Right, oh. right, right, oh. right. So it's soon. soon. That seems un-American, Ben. I, I'm hey, sorry. Look, tell me about it. Tell me about it, Don. Um, <laughs> Entrepreneurs, free enterprise. Yeah. Uh, so, so mm. no. Um, uh, maybe I need to. Maybe I need to get you one for to help with my consulting business. Maybe I, maybe. I just I just need someone to send my heartbeat to. Man. I know. I, I we saw that heartbeat commercial the other night, and it was like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Yeah, you just send your heartbeat to them." She's like, "Why would you do that?" I'm like, "Because you can." Because you love them. Yeah. Because like, if you loved your spouse, you'd let them get an Apple Watch. Yeah. Uh, so we're working, yeah, I, we, we're, <laughs> we're watching TV and came to the commercial and Kristen was going to skip over it and I looked up and she's like, "Oh damn, you saw the start of that commercial, didn't you? We got to watch it now." It's like, "Yes, we do." I mean, I know they're all online. I could go and watch them anytime. But yeah, but it's different. We're, Apple makes good commercials. They like do. Commercials. They're entertaining these people. So, oh, and um, maybe maybe this will work for you. So there is going to be 
an Apple Watch. You heard it here first, folks. There is going to be an Apple Watch in the silent auction. Oh, right. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna maybe bid on that. Yeah. So courtesy of the New Jersey affiliate, um, as always, they have entrusted me for some reason to provide the silent auction gift, and I have already ordered an Apple Watch. Uh, well, I've ordered one for me, and, and I've ordered one for the silent auction, and they should be arriving in June, which will be plenty of time to bring them to uh, the uh, uh, annual meeting. Excellent. I have, uh, speaking of new Apple products, I have ordered a new MacBook. Like the, Ooh, new, the, the, new, the, the new one? Yeah, yeah. The one dipped in gold? Did we talk about yeah, this? Yeah, I think we might have talked about it already. I didn't know. Remember, I didn't get the gold because that's, that's what I would refer to as the Kanye. <laughs> I got the gray, slate gray, sky gray, that's whatever right. it's called. We have, we have had this conversation yeah. recently. Yeah, probably on the last podcast we recorded. <laughs> oh, anyway. Let's, uh, uh, let's it's 30 on. minutes in. We should talk about food safety. I oh, <laughs> why not? Why not? Hey, um, so spe- speaking of food safety, mm. um, Don, last week was crazy. Mm. In the in the food safety world, I mean, crazy. The, I, I would say the most. I did the most media last week than I that I have ever done. Huh? Uh, ever? Ever? How ever? Much ever? Did you do uh, thirty five interviews, forty oh. interviews on on Bluebell, on, on Bluebell, on botulism, on oh, botulism. Uh, there was something else in there. Cutting boards, ran like this. The cutting board world that keeps giving. Um, huh. I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of irritated at the news media right now that they didn't call me that they no. called you but but I guess uh, hey you let them know let them know <laughs> I don't know what so, so what, what you, did you tell them about cutting boards man now, now I'm really interested well I told them about the so uh, we wrote this post Matt Shipman and I wrote this thing mm. back oh, yeah. back in Christmas yeah. and then um, here's I mean for those who who don't who are listening and are interested in this whole news cycle stuff here's the the inside uh, buzz. Um, well, let's just clarify the news cycle stuff. Yeah. Um, on this podcast, which is nominally about the news cycle, which is way, way late. Okay. Right, right, so right. Just yeah, consider look. the source. Right, right, right. As you hear what we're about to say, because um, at least, well, in terms of this podcast, we're not really up on the news, news cycle. So. Well, we, or, the, or the nude cycle. Yeah, we're up on the never nude cycle. Um, that's a, a Rusted Development reference. Um, so here, so that that cutting board thing that I did that we'll link to in show notes, um, every once in a while it gets recycled, and when it gets recycled, it gets picked up by someone like, I don't know, BuzzFeed or Deadspin or or whoever, like little, like just a little snippet of it. Mm-hmm. Then I get calls from magazines and right. magazines that that are doing their work months in advance. Yep. Right. Like, well, so, and, and, and I love working with magazines because they have the time to get it right. Right. As opposed to the news cycle right. where it's like pump it out. So it's, so it's like four or five iterations. They fact check it. They give you lots of time on it, but it's for uh, an article that's going to come out. I think this is like literally the December, um, uh, issue mm-hmm. of the magazine. So, so right. it's going to come out in, in October or November or whenever the, whenever they come out. But so that that's one. So the cutting board one is has staying power because people use cutting boards all the time. Mm-hmm. But that was so there was there was actually two of those that I did last week around cutting boards sort of randomly because I hadn't heard about it for a while. Mm-hmm. But the other portion of the news cycle that's interesting is what what happened in the Bluebell stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I posted a couple of things on Barf Blog, especially, and I guess really the one message that I wanted to um, highlight in my own little way was, you know, Bluebell announced that they were recalling all the products. 
like, they've ever made ever, ever. Since, in, the be- since the beginning of the company si- yep. in their 108 year existence, which mm. is the the comment that I use because they had talked about this is our first recall in 108 years. Right. It's like now you have recalled everything in those 108 years. Right. So uh, what did you really make? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so I, I posted two. There were two things that, that came out about a week ago. And this is dated, so, so you know. Let's say it happened the last week of April, so people can get a frame of reference because this will be the last week of April, two thousand fifteen. <laughs> yeah, um, and the two things were we're recalling all the food, all the all everything. And I, you know what, the you know how the internet likes that term, all, like give me all the drinks, all the mm-hmm. alcohol. That's mm-hmm. uh, so I, that's what I've been using, all the ice cream. Mm-hmm. They recalled all the ice cream. Um, and it's good because it's, it, it's, it's factually correct and it's kind of catchy and it, and it kind of it, it hits your ear in a way that's like, huh, that's new. That's different. That's, exactly. And that's how the, the kids are talking these days. That's the lingo. <laughs> um, so they recall. Is, the, is it the jive? It is the jive. Is the jive? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm hip to is that. Is that hip? I'm yeah, hip okay. to that. Uh, they recalled all the, all the ice cream. And then uh, about an hour after that. Or two hours after that, CDC announced that they had linked two other illnesses going back to 2010 and 2012 to Bluebell. So bringing the case total up to 10, three deaths, you know, seven illnesses. And so I wrote to Barfblog really small. Like, I mean, wrote is even a, a – I may be stretching it. Like, total in those two articles, I counted um, half an hour of, of writing mm-hmm. um, to get, you know, I don't know, a couple paragraphs out. Um and I got a call maybe 20 minutes after I posted the second one from the Dallas Morning News. And uh, two, two reporters from Dallas Morning News were covering the, um, this story. And I did an interview. And they posted that on Wednesday morning. And then, or whatever day it was, Tuesday. Then I got, um, from that article, I got 25 other phone, or phone interviews. Right, because suddenly... And this is <clears throat> this is the cycle. This right. is mind blowing to people that don't understand this. Like, because you are mentioned and interviewed in an article, yep. you are now an expert, right? the expert, the expert, right? absolutely. And, and this is this is the literal, uh, you know, fifteen minutes of fame, right? Except it happens over and over again. But 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 that's the way the news cycle works. And if you are not out there saying stuff, then they don't call you. And if you're out there saying stuff, you get deluged because, and again, nothing against our, our friends in journalism, but this is the way that it works. Oh, Ben Chavin, North Carolina, oh, he must be the he must be the guy to talk to about this because. Other people are, and then and then it becomes a cycle. Like right? it's like, well, yep. okay, now he it's 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 uh, he's been interviewed by you know the the Dallas Morning News, and now the Washington Post, and now the New York Times, and now he's going to be on TV, and then and then and then it, then and then you sort of ride that wave, and then the wave goes down, and you wait for the next wave. It's that that is it. It was it like, and, and if it, you you know you have you, think of it as you've got national. Media, right? You put New York Times, L.A. Times, Washington Post, um, USA Today, and then mm-hmm. the 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 serial or not serial. What, I don't know what the right term is, but like Bloomberg and AP. So the wires, hit, yeah, the, the wires. wires, the wires. If you hit one of those, um, then everybody you know calls you, right? But then right. there's the second tier of like the large market so Dallas would be one of them Seattle mm-hmm. um, Philadelphia Philly exactly yeah. really good spots 
that they, they have good good newspapers. So if you hit one of those, then all of a sudden you go both ways, right? You go, now you're, so so I got calls from smaller places and bigger places. And it was, and then I did some, some local TV. I mean, I have like literally have never done so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, and again, for those who don't, who are listening, who don't do this, you, you say kind of the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yep. like, I feel like I have a conversation. I know the things that I'm going to talk about right. by the 30th time you say it, you're like, have I already told you this? Cause I've, I've told somebody about this. So I just keep going. I don't know if it's the same right. quotes or, right. or right. whatever. Um, yep. And then sometimes it makes it in there. Sometimes it's a similar kind of quote. And then other times you see, and I mean, this isn't like um, projecting my my importance in any of this, mm-hmm. but you see the stuff you said used as background where you might not be quoted, but the way, the style, the, you know, something like to, you know, I, I remember talking about product sampling a lot last week because mm-hmm. that was the top, you know, one of the top questions. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember telling somebody about how, you know the idea of end product testing. It's it's a it's a a, a probability game, mm-hmm. and that probability game came out in like three different uh-huh. articles. And I was like, oh, I said that, but it's okay. That's, like I mean, yeah, that's fantastic because right. I think at some point I said that and you heard that. Oh, probably, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, so I'll take yeah. I'll take credit. You can take. But, you know, yeah. the, the the weirdest thing is where you do an interview with somebody and you say something, and then later. In an article by someone that did not interview you, you see your quote yes. because they just ripped that quote from the other article. And 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 it's just – and you know – and I've even I've gone back through my phone records and through my, <laughs> my CV. It's like I never talked to that person. Yeah. I, never, I never said that thing to that person. I said it to this other person. It's like, OK, well, that's – but that's the way it works, right? That's the way it works. That is the – that that's the cycle. It's really interesting when it hits, and you feel very relevant for about a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then and, no, then no one calls. Then you're like your and, grandmother, and, <laughs> and and you know, and you and then you, we wonder about what it's like to be like somebody like, or again, Robin, somebody who's been in the news recently, or relatively Robin Williams, right? right I mean, right. this was a guy who for like that was his life for years and years, and then eventually the phone stops ringing. Right? right, and then it's just like, oh my God, I was getting all this external validation from people thinking I was important, and now no one's calling, and therefore I must not be important, right? Yeah, yeah. which is which is horrible. So anyway, Ben, uh, don't get too. I'm 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 very happy for your success. Congratulations, but but uh, but you know t- the time is coming, and maybe it's already this week where the phone's not ringing anymore. Yes, yes, um, but it's okay. There'll be another wave. Yeah, and well. well and That's great. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the before we leave, the last thing I want want to mm. say is you get to this point. So I think it goes the other way from the the Robin Williams thing, mm. where I, I don't like. We usually, you know, I'm on on the blog. If we get quoted and stuff, we we blog about it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I was like sick of myself. <laughs> like literally, I was like, oh well, I already kind of said that somewhere else, and there's yeah. this quote. And I'm like, well, no big. Like I just don't want to. Like I don't, I don't. Yeah, because if because if you, if you anything right, if you literally reblogged all thirty five times someone talked about quoted you, number one, you look like a douchebag. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and number exactly. two, it's not really adding value anymore. No right? value at all. Right. And you read it again, you're like, oh yeah, there's another one. Um, and that sounds mm-hmm. weird, but but that no, no, but that's the game. It's weird. Yeah. It's the game. 
Um, yeah. Oh, the third one. So, so or two other things. That right. Well, we got. I got lots of stuff I want to talk about on this. Mm. But we had this crazy, crazy, or we still have this crazy botulism outbreak. Right. Right. Like twenty. We're at twenty three confirmed cases, one death. The I don't know. In the I, I don't. I I don't follow the, the like. Oh, the largest. But I think in my little calculation, this is the third largest botulism outbreak we've seen in the U.S. ever. Wow. Wild, Don. It right. is. From, from, a, from a church. Potluck. Potluck. Amazing. Right? I mean, that. A, and that canned is, food at a per, church potluck. Yeah, which. <clears throat> and here's the thing. You know, I, I, let, me, let me just talk riff for a minute about botulism before I turn it back to you. So the thing about many outbreaks, and certainly the unique thing about Bluebell is. It's very hard to find listeria outbreaks, right? And the only reason we caught Bluebell, I think, is because the people that were initially diagnosed were in hospitals already. They were already under incredible medical scrutiny. And so right. it was the right place, right time to pick up that, that signal on the radar, which is the analogy that I, that I, keep, I keep using because I, I, think, I think it works. I, but, use, I use that in my, talk, in my <laughs> interviews. I, like, I'm, basically, you gave the interview. It's all the stuff that we talk about. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life vicariously through you okay. from this point on. Sad, sad for both of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit sad, a little bit sad. Um, and, but but the thing about botulism, and I was just thinking about this the other day for some reason, is the thing about botulism is it is such a unique and strong signal. You might miss the first case because it looks like a stroke or, or you could be misdiagnosed. By the time you get the second family member or the second person in the region with the same symptoms, like we know that strokes don't come um, in waves like this. So we know that it has to be something. And so it is very unlikely that it, like in the, you could say, well, we we might have had bigger listeria outbreaks in the past. We just didn't know what they were. When you say the biggest outbreak, botulism outbreak ever, that's n- probably not wrong, right? right? Because because it is so it, it is such a unique and definitive signal, and it is so um, you know relatively rapid onset, uh, relatively distinct set of symptomology, potentially really life threatening. You don't get a you don't get a mild case of botulism, right? You get you get you're serious either way, and and in fact, what's surprising to me about this is that not more people have died. And again, kudos to the folks in, in uh, Ohio that reacted so quickly and got these people on ventilators that, so that hopefully they, they will survive but, um, and hopefully have a decent quality of life afterwards. But this is, I mean, the, the, head, the barf blog headline from your post of April 22nd is awful, colon, Ohio botulism outbreak up to 24 cases. And it really is, it really is awful. Um, oh, it's the worst. Just really, really bad. But anyway, so that was, that's my... My riff on botulism, but but by all means, take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I, it's one that you know, I, and I've written about this on on the blog a, a bunch of times. I I know the fr- I, I'm drawn to botulism. I I remember when I first heard about it when I was in eighth grade mm-hmm. or seventh grade when my family studies teacher brought out all these like bulging cans mm. and talked to us about. You know, that was my introduction to food food safety was and I, I vividly remember that. And then the her description of, you know, you just get paralyzed and it doesn't take, you know, it takes like, a, you know, the toxin on the head of a pin will uh, affect, uh, you know, a city's worth of people or whatever the, mm-hmm. the hyperbole that she used mm-hmm. uh, there. And then as you know, as I've moved into 
a lot of home canning stuff since I since I've come here. It's it's one where I I have you know we've talked a little bit about this as well. I mean we I run this um, the judging at the state fair and right. we taste food and and I'm so nervous about it that I we you know opened up seventy products last year and did the pH on it. Um, we don't we don't open the low acid canned foods because we're not going to mess with the with that at all. Um, I. It, I, you know, I as I pressure canned the first time, I was nervous that I did everything mm-hmm. right. Um, it's it's it is a very it's a very scary one because the consequence is crazy, right? Like right, right. Paralysis and and years of of recovery. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you may you, like you either die or you have a lifelong. Uh, disability and uh, yeah and, and and it's and anybody can cause it right it's right. Just like it's just the the botulism spores essentially are everywhere um, it's relatively easy to do and and in fact um, it it's kind of a little surprising that we don't have more outbreaks like this and maybe we did back back in the day but then extension got involved and we educated people yeah on how to do this kind of thing and 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 so yeah i'm i'm really and i don't know how much we're ever going to know um uh about what caused this outbreak and i think we've we've got it linked to 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 potatoes right yeah it was well this is the it's a bit of a messy outbreak investigation mm-hmm. so even with a massive signal mm-hmm. you've got uh, everybody who you know 60 people went to this potluck um 30 Around 30 illnesses, so like a 50% attack rate. You think about potlucks that you've been to or covered dishes, as they're called here in the uh, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got a bunch of different dishes. Everyone eats a bunch of the same stuff. And there wasn't um, specific food left over. And so the investigators had to try and pull food out of trash bags mm. where there was a ton of cross-contamination. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the best guess, uh, based on six six foods that they pulled out of trash bags, tested positive for the toxin. Um, and oh my god! I know is that what? So, but I mean, what what could it have been? Um, their best guess, because there were multiple home canned items, mm-hmm. um, the that home canned potatoes were then opened up and turned into potato salad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, you know, potato salad, but mm-hmm. that'll, what will probably get lost, you know, 10 years from now is that botulism from potato salad, not the, the root cause, which was which is home canning, home, home canning. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but, uh, you know, a potluck, this is, I mean, this is one of the things that, that we've, that, you know, that I've done research on it. We did some church dinner stuff 10 years ago, looking at how do people manage food safety at church dinners and what, what's the level of focus on risk management and in some of the stuff we, we actually have a um a paper that uh that we're, we have to send reviews back on right now on uh church pantry not church pantries food pantries in uh in north carolina where there are some pantries that are giving away free food that are getting in donations of home canned food and, and passing that out and there's not an infrastructure because in our state that's not a regulated item there's not really an infrastructure to be like, oh, yeah, let's take a look at that food. Is it from an approved source? Well, it's free food and people can't. We don't have enough food. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, and a, a potluck situation where you've got people that have probably been eating this you know type of food for a long time. They're very comfortable with home canned food. Um, and if it's done you know wrong or something has changed. And this is the, the other mm-hmm. thing with home canned food. You know, 
I uh, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but we did, did I tell you about a case of botulism that we had in our state here from carrots? No. Okay. So similar kind of situation where you've got um, this uh, a woman. This is uh, earlier this year, and actually I'm presenting about this at a conference next week, the North Carolina Governor's Task Force on Food Safety and Security, where we're kind of reconstructing what happened. But this individual, um, one one case of botulism, which, like you said, that is not a really great signal. It looks like a stroke. It takes a while for someone to say, this is not a stroke. Let's actually go through and run a bot screen because you don't have more than one case to, to compare it to. So it was nine days that this individual was in hospital, progressively getting worse on um, paralysis mm-hmm. uh, and on a ventilator before you know, we it was discovered that it was that it was botulism. And then she got the antitoxin, and, and now she'll be she's still in hospital now. This was mm-hmm. this happened back in, um, gosh, I think it was the first of January, okay. right around this, you know three months ago. Um, so uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so anyway, in that case, it was an individual who who reportedly cans thirty percent of the food that she eats, like an ex- wow, but a very experienced canner. Right, 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 right. Like not, I'm new to this. I don't know how to do it. This individual has been canning. She is, um, as was reported to me, I never you know, was out there during the investigation, is, quote, off the grid. Someone who is very much about trying to grow everything, be net mm-hmm. zero on, yeah, yeah. On, you know, on, on, in the food system. Great. Um, never once has used a pressure canner. Boil water baths every food that she that she cans. Whoa, everything. Yeah. Whoa. But well, but mm-hmm. toxins not heat stable. The right. So she she is green beans. She opens up a jar of green beans. Maybe there's bot toxin in there. Maybe there's not. But she boils it for ten minutes. Right. And, and the, right. the situation with this um, this uh, illness was. She was making a stew with a lot of low acid canned foods and meats mm-hmm. that she had that she had produced. She put all the stuff into the stew. She decided at the end of the stew, I'm gonna also put in some carrots. Mm-hmm. She opened up a jar of carrots. The carrots were a little discolored. She tasted one. Then she dumped the rest of the jar of carrots into the uh, into the stew, and the thought is that the one that she tasted, the other canned carrots in that batch, did also test positive for for botulism. It was mm-hmm. this carrot, but she tasted she tasted it without without cooking, cooking it. it. Yeah, and so the toxin you know is, is is in there, and then you know that that's the so so that that's the other thing is, I think we it, it is about tradition, and it's people that are very comfortable with it are are also so comfortable with it that they might not be using the right science-based um, methods. And right. Well, and, and, and think, and again, let's think about it from a probability perspective, right? We, we tell people that botulism is everywhere. Now, ch- <clears throat> chances are, Ben, botulism spores aren't, bot spores are not everywhere, right? right and right. so it's, it's probably, let's just say for the sake of discussion, one in 100 vegetables have bot spores, right? And let's also say that 99 times out of 100, you 
dump them in and cook them first, right? So, so now what's the interaction of those two things, right? It's one in 10 to the fourth that it's going to be positive and you're going to taste it that time without cooking it first. Well, all right. So, so that means you could, you could, most of the time you could be perfectly safe, but, but again, that, that, and we've seen this before, um, with, uh, investigators and laboratory safety, right? People right. that work with these dangerous pathogens in their laboratory, they become kind of used to that risk and then that one time that they throw the E. coli-laden um, spinach in the salad spinner and, and whip up a bunch of aerosol and cast it across the bench at the, the lab worker on the other side, and then you have, you have a laboratory-acquired illness. So as you become familiar and comfortable with these risks, you, you start to just relax a little bit, which is not what you want to do. So, uh, yeah, fascinating story. I could not, I could not find anything on the web about that, uh, North Carolina you, carrots case. So you won't, um, it's not, oh, there's, oh, yeah, it's well, not. no wonder I couldn't find it. So it, we won't link to that in show notes. We won't. No, no. And, and it, I, I'll tell you that next week you'll, we might be able to find something on, on the web because it's, I, and this is one of the things that, you know, I, I express frustration about all the time. We have public health folks that are, that are really, really good, but it's not really always part of their function to tell the media about this stuff. And especially mm -hmm. when it's one isolated case, there are some sensitivities. Now, this is all going to be presented in a public forum. That's why I'm mm -hmm. talking about it today. Mm -hmm. um, and there'll be some um, there'll be some reporters there. So I assume that well, there'll be coverage of this case eventually. Um, right. Maybe not. Maybe it won't make a, make a story. I think it's a compelling story. Um, uh, you know, out there, and it, and it, but yeah, no. Well, and the time, the time is right with this, right. with this Ohio case, right? And and honestly, you know, one of the, the things I I heard earlier on in my extension career was was somebody talking about the teachable moment, right? And which is it's a little bit of a you know whatever Richard Fingers thing, <laughs> but it's like, well, hey, look, botulism's in the news. Uh, people do want to go off the grid. People are interested in um, doing things to, you know, be sourced locally, and and that's all a fantastic movement, and that's that's great. You know, we, that's that's a fantastic thing that people are doing that. But you also need to realize that there are consequences to doing that, and if you want to go off the grid, if you want to do a lot of home canning, more power to you. But just realize that there is a risk there, and it is it is not an insignificant risk, and and you need to you need to manage that risk appropriately, and that includes lots of things like, I, yeah, I can't imagine boiling water bath canning low acid stuff. I mean, that's just right. That's crazy. But but it's it's the it's crazy, but it is more. I don't, I don't want to say it's the norm, but it is so common. Wow. For, yeah. Um, so I got I got two other things on on this that I wanted to uh, to highlight. Let me pull let me pull it up here. I uh, um, as I was sort of you know talk you know covering I guess this botulism outbreak in uh, in Barf Blog, um, I made a comment about um, th this is before we knew what the foods were. I made a comment in one of my posts that. Um, uh, you know, it could be home canned foods or maybe baked potatoes that have been mm -hmm. wrapped in foil. Yep. That yep. Are I saw that post. Yep. yep. So our our good friend Roger Cook uh, <laughs> from from New Zealand. I don't know if you saw the follow up to it, but he he gave um, uh, he, he he called me out on something and and gave me some really you know good thing to to expand on. So he said because I I said something. My, I'll give you my exact quote. Maybe it was baked potatoes wrapped in foil that were held at room temperature for, for a while. 
and mm-hmm. he said, please define room temperature and for and a while. For a while. <laughs> yeah. And he said, the USDA pathogen modeling program predicts in moist and nutritious fish a lag time of 43 hours for toxin production at 18C, 19 hours at 25C. Does this suggest that while Ben's theory of baked potatoes is a possibility, it's unlikely in this church potluck situation? And so, you know, my response to him was, yep. 43 hours is kind of excessive, but not, you know, not impossible. And I say this and I get an email from a colleague here at NC State afterwards who saw my post on this and said, tell me more about uh, baked potatoes wrapped in foil and how long it might take until we would have bought toxin formation. I was like, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? It's that the foil itself um, acts as a barrier as the as the potato is is heated, the um, air that's inside there is going to expand as that air uh, cools, it contracts and it'll create a vacuum. So that's how you get this anaerobic environment. So really unwrapping the baked potatoes is going to give you, um, uh, it's going to take that anaerobic um, uh, environment away and really reduce the the likelihood of um of bot toxin being formed. Um, but there are other food, you know, there are other spore formers that could be a problem if you hold uh, potatoes at, uh, at room temperature after you bake them. And I said, so why are you asking? He said, well, my wife is organizing a hundred mile run. And, <laughs> and what happens is we will potatoes is is baked potatoes is is one of the very starchy dense foods mm-hmm. that when you're running for a long time is palatable to your to you to, to your mm-hmm. stomach doesn't mm-hmm. upset mm-hmm. your stomach and there's a bunch of starch there's a bunch of sugars in there so so it's often in those very long ultra marathons it is a food that is often used and it's um they'll be cooked you know a hundred mile run is not like a 5k right like they're, mm-hmm. it's going to take a while they're several gonna, days well sometimes yeah sometimes it's it's a couple of days uh we often if if the race is on saturday we often cook the baked potatoes on um thursday or friday we refrigerate them but then we take it out to the site and it may sit out there in the foil for 24 hours and I was like, "Don't do that. Yeah, not a not a best <laughs> practice. Yeah. Not a best practice. Yeah. But but who knew, right? Like, right. who knew that that, right. that there's a you know, a segment? Uh, it's not a food service thing. It's it's not you know folks that are maybe going to they're not in the in world like we are on this mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens. Right. But you know, to to Roger's comment of you know 43 hours seems excessive. Yep. But here I give you an, I got an example of it. Like yep. right now where people do it, it's not like something from the 70s. Right. Well, and and we'd have to go back. I thought there was an uh, there was a, a a good article actually way back at the beginning of my career from Karen Dodds. Uh, from Canada, published in AEM on uh, probability models for bot growth, um, but but the times in that are very long, much longer than than forty three hours. But I, we have to go back to the original outbreak with the the, uh, the the baked potatoes in the oven, and I don't think it's you know it's not it's not even forty three hours. And I would I would be a little skeptical of the. The pathogen modeling program predictions too. I would I would want to look at some other models and maybe look at some experimental data because I'm uh, I think it could be faster than forty three hours. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, and nineteen hours at at twenty five. So there you go. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's a it's basically a, if it's a day. Yeah. I'm worried. Right. And, so yeah, exactly. And there, uh, I linked to something. Um, or I linked to a paper from um, is it Fred Angulo? Frank Angulo? I don't know. Fred. Fred. Um, who uh, in 98 published mm-hmm. on an outbreak from 94 
um, in a 30-person 30, 30 outbreak linked mm-hmm. to um, yeah. Greek restaurants, potato-based dip. Yep. And this was an interesting, in the abstract, um, toxin formation resulted from holding aluminum foil wrap baked potatoes at room temperature apparently for several days mm-hmm. before they were used in the dips. Yeah. So so it's not a, an, I guess, not an uncommon situation or maybe that it's happened multiple times. Well, and, and the thing is, too, I mean, we've done some work with bot, but also some work with Clostridium perfringens. And I know perfringens grows like crazy uh, at those high temperatures. So if you're if you have a and again, what happened in some of these uh, wrapped baked potato outbreaks is they were cooked in the oven and then the oven was turned off. Right. And they were they basically were incubated in that oven. And so. You know, you have the heating process, which causes the spores to germinate, and then the, the spores are at the end of that baking process are now in an optimal environment. They're, they're, no, they're not at 18 degrees C. They're not at 25 degrees C. They're more like at 37 degrees C, and, 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 yeah. and that is going to be great great conditions for the growth of the organism um, as, as because you just turn off the oven and you just let it sit there and incubate until you come back the next day. And so that, that would say even shorter than 19 hours. Right. And it's whole, and it's holding that temperature for a while. Right. And that, because that's what's built to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So there was, I mean, lots of fun on, not fun, but you know, this tragic outbreak on, on bot, on bot last week, but man, what a, what a crazy situation in a small community, right? Like you've got right. this, you know, this whole stuff. It's it's wild. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just still I'm still back to trying to solve the problem for this ultra marathoner though. Like right, if if potatoes are a good, easily digestible food for them to eat, how are we gonna do? How are we gonna do that for them safely? And the only thing I can come up with is. Uh, buy commercially canned potatoes, right? Oh, yeah. And then the problem with that yeah. is that's damn heavy, yeah. right, in those cans. And so then I'm thinking, well, you know, what we do, what I do for backpacking is like for protein, like tuna fish, right, which you can get in pouches. But I don't think anybody is commercially canning potatoes in pouches. But that would be that would be the 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 solution to that is is just get get some commercially canned uh, potato in pouches. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting problem. It is. It is, and and it's one you know, I I, that's the kind of stuff that that I love, right? Like post something, someone totally mm-hmm. gives you this like whole other world that you didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, I have one more thing before we before we jump off. Mm-hmm. Um, th- we got a we got a raw milk bill in North Carolina. Do you? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, looks like uh, made it through the cow share. It's not a regulation one. It's a making cow shares legal. Made it through the health committee at the Senate, and now is um, coming to the agriculture committee, I guess, for comment. But it's mm-hmm. it's looking it's looking like we might have some some raw milk. Um, right from like raw milk, because you know we talked about in the past. We know raw milk already exists here, but this would be a way to legalize it. Yeah, it would legalize those those cow shares. So, um, so that was another like thing that I did a whole bunch of, um, I, of like I did a couple interviews on that last week nice. as well. Yeah, it was it was weird. So I guess you know this this one you and I have talked about raw milk all a bunch. I. I I, I am my messaging along this whole thing is the you know I guess my stance is I I don't know if cow shares like make anything safer 
right? Because no. it means that no, no one it, has it, to go out there. Like, no one has to check that they're doing anything. There are no best practices nope. that they have to follow. That bothers nope. me. Yep. If we're going to make it legal, regulate it. Well, right. And, ca- and cow shares really are more a um, a political device or a a loophole. I don't want yeah. to be pejorative I, here, but it's just a way of saying, yes, I want raw milk. Therefore, I am going to buy a share of a cow. Right. So it's it's a le- yeah, it's a legal device. Right. Rather than. Uh, how can we make sure that if you're going to do this practice, which we know is risky, how do we manage that risk appropriately? Having a cow share program does nothing, which is exactly your point, right? Does nothing to address risk. Right, right. And and it doesn't, it just, yeah, it it, it takes, it, it allows people to, to drink it, but it, 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 this will be an interesting situation. You know, we it's we I've lived in a state now for six and a half years where this product has been you know illegal. Now, if it's legal, it it, it does. It, it goes back to what started our entire discussion about this when when people got very excited with us a year ago, and we had uh, David Gumpert on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it is a it seems like to me that now I I kind of have a extension responsibility to. You know, inform people about risks. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's so that's kind of interesting. We'll think about how that how that goes forward. Um, But for you, I I used you in my interview. I I I, you are living again through me vicariously (laughs) because one of the one of the proponents of the bill um, argued this point that Mm -hmm. um, in where is it. That there were only been eighteen hundred cases of illness. Uh, no, sorry, thirteen hundred national cases of, of raw milk um, that have been that have been recorded. Right. So, it, so it's it, it's not a big deal because more people may get sick from you know pasteurized milk from post pasteurizing contamination than raw milk. And the estimates. The, the other thing that was really interesting in the in the discussion was. Out of the you know the the person who was speaking on it, out of the forty eight million illnesses of foodborne illness that we estimate every year, we only link in the last ten years thirteen hundred confirmed illnesses to raw milk. Uh, apples and oranges, right? Ap- yeah. Not not a fair comparison. Nope. Either, either you use the actual cases and the actual cases, or you you <laughs> multiply by the estimation factor. You're you're not not a fair comparison, right? And even when you do that, you got to look at as you like to say, what's the denominator. Mm-hmm. What, what are the what's right. the, what right. are the consumption? Yep. Yep. So so I you know when when I was doing the interview the the uh, Rose Hobans the um, uh, the journalist who writes for North Carolina Health News who who interviewed me about it and I said hang on a sec Rose let me look up um, what CDC has for their stats and they have a very clear website with two extremely good stats for that situation. Mm-hmm. Pro- this is you know I read directly from the website probably no more than one percent of the milk consumed in the U.S. is raw. Mm-hmm. But more foodborne illness outbreaks are linked to that one percent than the ninety-nine percent of pasteurized milk. Right. And CDC says the risk of outbreak from raw milk is one hundred and fifty times greater than the yep. risk of outbreak from pasteurized milk. Right. Because they did the right comparison. Mm-hmm. But when you, yeah, when you when you do compare estimates to confirmed, you know, we have all this underreporting. We got into that whole whole discussion, and it's and it makes. I guess the the thing is, I understand from the political standpoint, it makes for a really good story, right? Like when you can make those comparisons that aren't real true comparisons. It's like 48 million illnesses, 1300. What's the big deal? The big deal is that it's not the same. 
Right. <laughs> that's right. The, yeah. If, if yeah. you yeah if you if you want to make those comparisons, that's a great comparison to make. But make sure you're doing the math right. Because right. if you're not doing the math right, um, well, if you're doing the math wrong accidentally, well, you know, shame on you for not checking your facts better. And if you're doing it deliberately, well, then you're just a creep. So don't you know? Just just make sure that you're making fair comparisons. And yeah, and no one's gonna. People don't call people on that, so that's what we did. Yeah, that's what good. we do. Yeah. Well done. So yeah, interesting though. So what a what a week of like botulism, listeria, raw milk. It was it, it was exhausting, <laughs> but yeah. but exhausting in a good way. Like it was, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's kind of like all of a sudden um, these things matter, and then they'll go away mm-hmm. for a while. But mm-hmm. it was. I'm glad. I'm glad we have weeks where food safety really matters. Well, not just us. Food, food, <laughs> food safety matters every week, Ben. Right, but but yes, it's it's nice when when the, we're getting the word out there and we're we're doing uh, doing the, the good work. So yeah, I I didn't do uh, haven't done any media in a while, despite despite the fact that when Doug said he would write up my hand washing article, it was gonna it gonna turn it into a, a PR, which I figured out was a press release. Yeah, um, but he was like, oh, you'll get lots of calls, uh, and I didn't get one, but that's okay. Um, he doesn't listen, right? Right, so, right. And yeah. I, I know it's good work, and and who knows, me? You know, the time will come later. We're working on some really interesting stuff on uh, on the five second rule and cross contamination. So I, I'm I'm Sweet. anticipating uh, getting lots of phone calls on that. But yeah, it's been. And thank 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 God thank goodness um, I didn't. This wasn't a busy news media week for me because I was out of the country last week and traveling this week, and I'm out of the country next week. So it's it's good that people are calling you and not me, Ben. <laughs> well, hey, no problem. As long as. <laughs> As long as the messages get out, right, Don? That's, that's right. That's all we really care about. That's all we care about. Cool. Hey, um, so I kind of have a heart out. Yep. Um, so, Me too. so let's call that. Should we call that a show? Let's call it a show. Well, that was Boom. awesome. Boom! That's a that's show. A show. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the end of the show. I have. Wait, before I tell you the the end, the, the, we're at the end. Um, so wait. So now I have to. We have to know for editing purposes. Is this after dark or not? No, this isn't after dark yet. This okay, is still, not after yeah. dark. So well, it's not quite the end of the show. No, because we haven't said bye, Don. Oh, right. Um, right. I now have a slide that I will send you that is a typewriter, like looks like Ray Bradbury was typing that says the end. And I use it as a big like picture now at the end of my talks. Nice. To tell people this is the end of my talk. Oh, cool. (laughs) So show number whatever this is, the end. Bye, Ben. Bye, Don.
Yeah, I think the the isn't the because I because I, I can't stop talking about the wire. Isn't the isn't the last episode of the wire? Isn't it some uh, journalism code for yes? Yeah, yeah. The, the end of the press release. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The what is it? It's like dash thirty dash, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, which uh, what's, what does that say on the? Uh, I don't know. You know what? If you Google that, it doesn't say anything. Huh? How's that possible? And. Uh, Yeah, press at least 30. Yeah, this is, this is the part of the show where we type on the internet. Yeah, yeah, why? A shame on you for not listening to Roderick on the line. I'm sorry. Shame on you. It's the best podcast out there. Look, I am I, I'm doing stuff. <sighs> ben, I listen to, ben, you know what? We're you the, have time. Hey, we're, you the have best, time. Po- we're the best podcast out there, Don. Yeah, Dash 30 Dash. <laughs> dash, 30 dash. Series finale. Yep. Parketti maps out a damage control oh. scenario. Well, at least you've watched The Wire. I've watched all The Wire. <laughs> How many times? Just the once. Just the once. Mm. Just, but, I, about, but I remember now, it. Now, the other, the other thing that I've been listening to lately is uh, Dan and Merlin uh, at the movies, uh, The Big oh. Lebowski. Okay, so I am... I'm saving that because I'm rewatching the Big Lebowski before I watch it with Excellent. before I, I listen to them. I'm 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 I I started listening and then I stopped and I started watching Lebowski and then I stopped and then I listened to the end. But I'm, it's on my it's it's queued up on my iPad, so I, I got uh, some travel time coming up. Awesome! I am listening to, um, or I'm not listening to. I'm watching I'm watching it in like 15 minute snippets as I go to bed some nights. <laughs> Which is still great. It's still like, oh yeah, it's it, yeah. It's like a serial that I'm watching. Yeah, except it's a two and a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Right. Oh, oh very good, dude. Did um, answer. Uh, we never did talk about all of Mike Bat's questions for you. No. How did you know he, he sent me a he, bunch of questions in text and not to you, just to me? He he sent me a screenshot. Oh, good. Of, of the text message. Yeah. Because I told him we're gonna. And we're, then at the end, he wrote, "I have a lot of questions for Ben." Yeah, we're doing the. We're we're gonna do the. Uh, uh, we're we're planning on a daily something called the daily probe. Oh, nice. Yeah, where where it's like uh, he and I just talked on the phone for ten or fifteen minutes about stuff that's going on. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I don't know. We're we're gonna try it out. I, we haven't. I've been like, hey, this here's the idea, um, but we want. We, we want guests and stuff. And mm-hmm. so he, his questions are, will we record every day, five days a week, record a few shows at a time? Will we have additional guests? Would all of our conversations be that day's news? And then he got into what's your favorite emoji? Right. That's what that's yeah, what he that's said. So, yeah. so I have the I have the, that, that first one. So what would you, yeah. And then, and then what's your favorite emoji? <laughs> Won the World Series in 1990. Yeah. You know who that is? That's the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't even want to. Oh, okay. That's good. Who is the best joker? Which Brady Bunch kid are you? <laughs> Frogs or toads? Have you ever had chickers? Yeah. It's, it's good. He's he was on fire, and this came out of nowhere. You he think te- Emily is actually <laughs> like the last text I got from him was on April 13th, and so he just got up today and said, "I'm ready. Here it is. Here are the questions for Ben." Yeah, it was awesome. Good, so good. Oh. I'll listen. Good. I I think we're gonna try it. I want you to be on it. Oh, I'll be. Oh, you, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. It's like it, it's like our own Roderick on the line, but I, it's basically came out of him saying we should do a, a podcast called The Daily Probe. Yes. Which is, I mean, we got to. We, that's a great idea. Um, so we should do a podcast, you and I. Have you done we that? should. One of them this morning was uh, you know, <laughs> part of the reason why I was a little bit late is because I had to clean up pee on the floor because uh. because Sam was playing. He got and and he just he just went and he came into our room. This is at like ten to seven this morning. He was like, um, so I just peed in my pants, <laughs> like. In bed? No, no, I was standing. I was standing playing. And I was like, you just, why didn't you just go to the bathroom? 
Like, you can't reason with a four-year-old, can you? Uh, I try. No. I try, you try daily. Try. Dra- daily, doesn't, I try. Doesn't help. No, they're, they're, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, okay. So, so there you go. Uh, I think that's it. That's the show. Cool. All, All right. right. Uh, have a good weekend. Have fun okay. in Europe. Yeah, thanks. Um, say say hello to the to our European overlords. <laughs> I I will. I'm a you know I'm I'm a I'm a loyalist. Well, I, I don't know if I am. But I grew up in loyalist country. Don't say that around here. No, definitely not North Carolina. No. They're still mad about the war between the states. Oh, they are. Uh, I believe it was uh, referred to as the war of northern aggression. Aggression, yes. Uh, the war between the states is too too uh, too vanilla. Right. All right, Don. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, Ben. Bye. Bye.